virgin all the way. Oh, and it's a beautiful goal! What a Welcome to For Fox Sake. Uh, my name is Pete Selby. Rob is obviously we're just recording this exactly a follow-on from the uh, the previous podcast. Looking forward to next season. Uh, plenty of people getting in contact. So a little look back. Um, Tom says um, he, he basically was um, at the game against West Ham and it, it, talking about more broader things with the club. He says upon uh, hearing the West Ham fans uh, ironically sing our goal celebration song back to us as we began. Uh, to circle the drain towards relegation. The moment seems somehow emblematic of the broader level of uh, stasis within the club. Uh, amongst the ironic cheers that this girl, that's the song, rang out, and the song that released seven years ago, something I previously felt uh, indifferent, morphed into rage. It was like hearing the funeral march of our glory days. I love that. It, Yes, it's a symbol of both on and off the pitch stagnation and complacency, he mentions. And... Um, and also, why are we still playing it? It was, um, it, it it's strange because we stuck with the same manager. Manager, he says, um, even playing the same song, and it goes all the way through the club. That's evident on the field and off the field, and yeah, entirely non-existent for those inside the building who could they just couldn't see it and they couldn't do anything about it. Um, it says a few weeks ago, I managed to get tickets for the hospital hospitality stand in the uh, Everton home game, and. Um, and those seats once during a season, a few seasons ago, both times, fantastic experience. Um, but the sense of it left me, it was kind of an unnerving similarity with the same faces amongst the staff, greeting the guests from years before, the same food being served, the same magician walking around the tables, same old tricks. And I was inside the hospitality hall. The staff were rearranging the deck chairs and out on the pitch, the Titanic was sinking. And there was a sense of onward sense of alarm or even acknowledgement that we're just basically whistling past the graveyard. So, and he mentions about Matt Piper, who I think I think has spoke very well. Um, I mean, I, I quite like him as a pundit. I know people might not like him, etc. I I think he speaks very very well now. I think he op- talk about improvement from when he started. I think he's I think he's excellent. And he says there's no hunger in paradise. Talking about um, basically Seagrave, and and we'll discuss that. Um, so an excellent email came through uh, on the old uh, Twitter sphere. Uh, Twitter Twitter sphere. Don't know whether that's a, that's a thing. So I said about what next um, for Leicester. People just saying lost for words. Manager in soon as possible says Trevor. Um, even if it means uh, paying up a contract, need fresh motivated manager um, with a fresh motivated team. So basically paying up contracts if players don't want to be there, uh, and then include quality loan signings. Um, Tim says a new manager appointed within two weeks uh, who then needs to be ruthless in trimming the wage uh, and squad uh, provide deadlines for our more experienced players who want to leave um, so we don't have situation of 
Uh, Wesley Fafana, completely agree there. Need to get a manager in ASAP, says Helen. Uh, bringing players to build the team around. Damien says, oh, you looking forward to Rotherham Hall uh, hospitality matches next season. Martin Summers, the manager situation needs to be re- sorted out this week. That was uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then the player situation the week after. Um, and it's it's kind of similar. Um Glenn the Foxhall says you could literally take 20 guys out of the local hero and they'll have more oomph and fight in them. Um, it's become a disgrace. And that kind of goes on and on and on. And when you look at what happened uh, in terms of uh, messages on Facebook, it's, again, very, very similar. Um, a number of comments came through. Um, we need a new manager, get rid of the players who want to go regroup, check the youth players, see if there's any future stars uh, ready to cut the teeth in the championship and mainly create a new team rather than the ones that won the league. We aren't that team anymore. We can't live with the Premier League uh, win forever. We need to prove ourselves again. Leicester are a good club uh, with a good setup. Uh, so hopefully move uh, some good new young players to be part of this club. Um, get back the Foxes never quit situation. Uh, that's Nicola Lomax. That's my sister. Uh, Rudkin out says Andy Roberts. Um, can't believe the club's been so uh, incompetently run for uh, the last couple of years. To let so many contracts come to an end at one time is amateurish. Uh, to sign players on lucrative wages and then let the manager fall out with a few of them. Um, to let the manager think we could have a good clear out and then watch him try and wriggle out of it. It's no wonder the players didn't want to run through a brick wall for him. Uh, who would one minute uh, you're being told you're being shipped out. And then you're being told you're a really important member of the squad. Dave Loosby, I think, has echoed a lot of our thoughts on the first part. Um, and uh, Mark Francis says a five-year ban for anyone clapping the players uh, at the end of the season. So that's the kind of a sum up online. Um, Rob, as we sit here right now, players have left the club who we knew were going to leave. Uh, when players put in messages online on social media, I'm not really bothered about that. I'd quite like a few of them to be a bit more heartfelt. Vardy's has, um, and a few of them has. Uh, people getting upset with Yuri Tillemans having a video of his time at Leicester. I'm not bothered. He said some nice things, and that's about it. What more do you want, really? Um, right now, everyone says to me, "What would you? What what needs to happen right now? First of all, the manager needs to happen right now. But as we sit in this glorious situation of what would we do? Rob, ask me the question. You're in charge of Leicester City Football Club. What would you do right now? Pete, what would you do right now? You're in charge of Leicester City Football Club. Go on. Right. I'd get the owner, Top, who has to take some blame. I think he stood by Rogers too long. Um, He's too loyal and he needs to be a bit more ruthless. And it's come back to bite him in the wallet very hard. People call him for a top to go. Or I, I think that's well. It's a disgrace. I think it's. I think it's awful, poor, dreadful. First of all, who's going to come in and buy the club? Oh, we're going to get another billionaire to come in and buy the club. Oh, it's going to be fine. Yeah, we'll go. There's a country out there who don't own a football club. Madness, complete madness. He's made some serious errors by sticking by Rogers too long, too loyal. Maybe even too loyal to Rudkin. Um, I think Rudkin is a very difficult decision because. Do you sack your director of football now and then appoint someone, what, tomorrow? Doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It might be we can appoint someone at the end of the transfer window or later on. I would let Rudkin go as soon as possible. As soon as possible. But we might need him for the next few months if we can't appoint someone right now. What I would do, Rob, is get on a plane and I'd fly to France and I'd go to a Kasper Schmeichel's residence 
And I will go up to him and say, Casper, it's not gone too well for you this year as a footballer. Come back to Leicester. Here's a hundred grand contract a week. It will go up to 200 if we get promoted. Here's a two-year contract. Here's the captaincy of the football club. Forget about last year. We need you to come back and play in goal for Leicester, the club that you want to play for by all accounts, by his own words. That interview that he made... That was a player going, I didn't want to leave, and there's unfinished business at the football club. That, if ever there's a come and get me plea, that's it. Go and get him and put him in at number one, right? Sort out the goalkeeping crisis for a start. That's your goalkeeper done. Also, you're telling me Johnny Evans, who's possibly going to stay, possibly not. If Casper turns up tomorrow, what's he going to do? Casper's going to go to him, come on, play. We can win this league. How about going out with a trophy? You know, I think that's what that's the decision for Johnny Evans is who's coming in, right? Manager, players, what's happening? Are we going to go and really boss this league and win it? If so, I'll be part of that. He's probably looking at other Premier League clubs as well who might be offering him some good money for a year. I think I'd start with Schmeichel. You've all of a sudden you've taken off about two to three hundred thousand off the wage bill with all these players leaving. Get him back, give him the captaincy, and t- he can tell the defence right. Not don't. Whatever happened last year, it doesn't matter. He's, and then also, what does that do? It gives a massive jolt throughout the whole championship. Leicester have got relegated. You're the bookies' favourites to go up. And we've just gone and signed Kasper Schmeichel in the championship. And he's going to build that defence using players either already there or players, oh, by the way, we want you to come and play for Leicester. By the way, you're going to play just in front of Kasper Schmeichel. Yes, please. That's what I'd do. And if the wage bill is £100,000 that we've got to spend after all the players have gone, get him. That's what I'd do straight away. I've got to be honest with you, that is not what I was expecting. Although those of you that have tuned in and stuck by us through part one of this end of season podcast, uh, maybe maybe it was a little bit more obvious in there because uh, Pete Selby is clearly head over heels in love with Kasper Schmeichel still. Is Kasper Schmeichel over the hill? That's my that's my worry. My other worry is I agree with with points that um, I can't remember who it was. But one of the one of the listeners contributed uh, about the fact that we can't be living in the past anymore. There's got to be a there's got to be a new direction for the football club. Every almost everything. My sister actually. Said. It was your sister. There you go. She speaks more sense than a brother. Obviously. Uh, I, I think Absolutely. I'm not. I wouldn't be against it if it happened, but I certainly don't think it's number one priority, or, or it's not the first thing that I personally would do. Um, because yes, the goalkeeping situation hasn't been great this year in the Premier League, but I think there are much bigger areas of uh, problematic areas on the on the field than than the goalkeeper. Yes, Michael comes in and gives you more than just a bloke stood between the sticks with some gloves on. Of course he does. Uh, but I also, I'm not convinced that a throwback like that on the wages that he would be asking for, I struggle to see how that would create a a, a collective team and, and, a, and a sense of togetherness that would get Leicester back out of the championship. I think... The experience of Johnny Evans will be vital if he stays. I, I would, I would really, really, I would, I would be sitting hard at the negotiating table with him to to see if we can keep him on. I, I don't see 
why at his age with his injury record he wouldn't accept reduced terms um, with then uh, uh, triggering a contract extension if he plays so many games and Leicester get promoted, whatever, something like that uh, for one more season after that if he's got it in him. Um, but I, 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 that, that feels a little bit like going back in time to see if we can find the formula that was great a few years ago and, and re reintroducing it. Whereas I think we have to... Yes, I, I agree with you that Topper's got a lot to learn and I'm sure he will have learned a lot this season. I'm sure he will have learned a lot in the last few years about business in general, not even talking about the football club, but talking about how hard COVID has hit um, the, the, the family business, you know, King Power and it, all the duty-free, um, well, the lack thereof with the, the lack of travelling and stuff. And all of this without his his father and his business mentor, he's, he's been he's had a rough ride the last few years. Uh, if if it had chopped and changed earlier with the manager and we hadn't stayed up, people would still have been blaming him, saying he went too early. Um, and it, I think it's a similar on the pitch for Rogers. If he had started chopping and changing the starting lineup, the system, changing the style of play here and there and everywhere, people would have said, well, why didn't you just pick a system and stick to it for a bit? Yet we're sitting here calling him out for that as well. You know, they're under so much scrutiny that any decision they make, if it doesn't go right, uh, then it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be sort of thrown in the air as one of the, the, the reasons for the relegation. Ultimately, it has been, but I think Top needs to learn a lot from this. And as a club, there there needs to be... Things swept under the carpet. Other things need to be addressed and learned from. Uh, and I think we need to move forward. And, and for me, something like a Schmeichel deal would be would be a step backwards. See, that's the uh, that's the glorious thing about his podcast. And I don't think people think that. But, you know, we agree with, with basically pretty much most of the things that uh, the other person says. I absolutely, completely disagree. I think it will be... The, the the factor that will bring the club together, bring bring the playing side together, and again, it would attract so much to the football club and just his presence on the field. If you're the opposition, you know you're a Hull or a Rotherham turning up at the King Power, and Schmeichel's in goal, Premier League winning goalkeeper. Um, I think it brings brings a lot. But th- but there we go. Um, player wise, there's there's one player in particular. Um, I, first of all, I think Nampoli's Mendy would have been exceptional in the championship, but he's gone. One player, I, I, he's definitely going to go. But if there's one player who can stay, it would be for me, Kalechi and Acho. Um, they've got to try. They've got to try and nail down these players. Uh, quite a few of our um, correspondents have said, now ask the players, oh, do you want to be here? Now, I know it's not quite as simple as that, because players have got to come in for them, the team's got to come in for them, and it might happen quite late. If that happens late, then it happens. But they need to know quite soon what these players really want to do. Someone like Ian Acho, with a full season in the championship, would score a shed load. Um, Dakar, possibly as well, but I surely a Kaleji Ian Acho a shed load. Very interesting to see what happens with Vardy, whether a team looks at him and go, here's a one-year deal at a club in the Premier League, you know, on big money. Maybe even one of the real big boys. Who knows? Look at someone like United have done it over the years. Falcao, Ibrahimovic, you know, quite a few players. Back to Henrik Larsson, you know. Um, I think it might be a year too far down the road. I think if, if Leicester got relegated the previous season, then someone like someone like a big club like that could have come in and gone, here's a year's deal. You know what? What are you gonna do? Um, 
it's just su- such a strange scenario for these players. And um, Wilford and Didi surely will be moved on. The midfield, Keenan Dewsby Hall alongside Hamza Chowdhury, who's been given an ex- extended uh, year. They've, they've basically there's a part of his contract that they could have done that. He's had a very solid season with Watford, very good season. Surely that midfield has a Chowdhury, Keenan Dewsbury Hall, and then another look to it. It depends on what formation. Um, likely departures, Harvey Barnes, he'll go. Uh, Madison will go. Um, I can't see Wilfred Ndidi staying. I can't see Volt Vass staying. Um, and I can't see Timothy Castagna staying. I certainly can't see someone like Dennis Pratt, etc. So, and Tete's obviously gone. There's going to be a whole load of these go. And I just think that when all these players were listed who went because they were out of contracts, I think, and I hope Leicester fans out there realise quite how many are going to leave who are actually under contract. And I think there will be some that a lot of fans will be surprised at. And the interesting thing is... Leicester aren't going to need to spend an absolute fortune on transfer fees. Uh, They'll need some money in the coffers, don't get me wrong. But, you know, players like uh, Samari or Pratt, for example, who just hasn't worked at Leicester for either of them. They've not not been at the required level to play in the Premier League. uh, And yet they probably won't want to be playing in the second tier in this country when they could go to a country where the standard of football isn't quite so high and playing the in the top tier you know you're thinking Samari came from from French football um Dennis Pratt I know he's had time in 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 various different countries so you'd want to go and play there you, you might even be able to get yourself in a team that's um, that's qualified for the Europa League that kind of thing why would you toil away in the championship at a club that that hasn't quite worked out for you but those those kind of players, I don't think you'll ever find out exactly how much money they get moved on for because it'll be a fairly nominal fee. It, they're all undisclosed these days anyway, aren't they? And, and people can have a good old stab at the, at the figures. But I, I think the, the, the big money has to come from Barnes and, and Madison. I don't see a situation in which either of those two stay, uh, unfortunately, for, for us as Leicester fans because we've had them there in terms of the season overall ratings as, as probably the top two players in the team so they're gone but looking at it when 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 I found out that Chowdhury had triggered his extension and he's coming back and he's had a, a very good time of it at Watford playing week in week out it's his level isn't it the the, the championship very combative midfielder Jewsbury Hall in there as well two Leicester lads loads of energy plenty of hard work that's exactly what you want in your engine room you don't want what we've had to put up with for most of this season which is two players that used to be thought of as having the potential to be world class performing miles below their best while other players like Mendy sit and warm the bench having proved time and time again that they're more than capable of 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 producing in a Leicester shirt so those two in there that's the honesty that you need in the championship you need smatterings of quality of course you do and we'll need a Madison type player because Dewsbury Hall will be better on the ball in the championship than he was in the Premier League because he naturally um, was slightly below par on that front in the Premier League but he's dropping down a division so he'll he'll be able to do more with the ball Chowdhury's never been a ball playing midfielder but you don't always need the 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 same attributes in there there will need to be some kind of ball player as well so that Leicester can move the ball forward if that's the way that they want to go but if you get a style that is slightly more direct as is favoured well has been 
typically in the past favoured in the championship. I know there's more football being played in that division than than there ever has been, and it's starting to slowly lose the sort of tag of being the the rough and tumble before the Premier League. But if you get a more direct style, you don't necessarily need that ball player in there. You get Dewsbury Hall and Chowdhury to win it back. You get them to lay it 10, 15 yards out wide. You get a couple of exciting young pacey wingers, even pluck them from the development squad to come in and out of the team. And that's your way forward. Or it's a ball in a channel for a pacey striker like Dakar if he stays, like Vardy if he stays. Uh, Ian Acho hands down scores 20 goals next season if he's in the championship and he's got a manager that actually believes that he's good at football. Um, so that the, the defence as well looks all right because Justin will stay. I, I don't see... I see him repaying Leicester's loyalty and wanting to get himself back to fitness with a season in the championship. Uh, Thomas and Christiansen both at left back. There's a chance we might keep one of the two out of Ricardo and Castagna, which means then you've got two choices at right back, two choices at left back. You've got Suter at centre back, Fass or Evans, one of those, if not both of them, might stay at the club. So the, it's not as bad as it looks, uh, but there will need to be, I think, the, the, there's what, seven that have gone at the end of the contract. I think you're looking at at least five, maybe six more out and probably five or six definitely needed to come in. And and you can, I think, this season supplement the squad with a couple of additional players. I believe Michael Brighton's got another season on his contract. He'll be handy on the right-hand side of, of midfield in the Championship. Um, you've had players that have come in and out of cup games and, and squads when we've been a bit thin, like uh, McAteer, Brunt, you know, the other young players you mentioned, Alves and Braybrook, depending on their injury situations, that kind of thing. Uh, a few of the sort of quick uh, sort of attacking midfield wide players, uh, Maswanis and uh, uh, Marcel, how do you say his last name? Mavidavidua. <laughs> You know, you could bring them in. You're not expecting them to play 38 games of a Premier League season there. You might give them sort of, I don't know, 15 starts, 15 off the bench to play out wide and, and carry the ball at pace and just say go at the fullbacks. You know, it, it, it doesn't need to be... We, we don't need to sign 15 players, I don't think. And it's not going to cost that much money, especially with the wage bill coming down. So I think two big sales, absolutely necessary. And then a few can sort of go out the door a lot more quietly for me. You mean uh, Wanya Marcel uh, Maddy Vadua? Maddy Vadua. I got it right first time. <laughs> you did. Yeah, That's what was funny about it. You actually nailed it first time. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I can't see Vaste and I can see him going probably to the continent. Uh, Castagna the same. I, the, the Belgium lot, I can just see all going because they're all internationals. They're off. Um, they'll need to bring in, I think, certainly a centre-half, even if Evan stays... Um, that'll be a, a, a priority position, but again, it kind of highlights one. I'm kind of I was referring with with Schmeichel. You know, you get that kind of element of the side through the middle, and then you kind of pick and choose those out wide if they stay or not. Pereira will be great if they stay. When, when you mention those with the fullbacks, it it sounds okay, doesn't it? But the engine room slash forward line is going to be absolutely decimated, and you're looking at, I mean. Links already, Tom Kearney of uh, of Fulham, just the sort of player you need to go into midfield um, would be excellent. And then again, you get these drop down from the Premier League players on uh, loan deals. Absolutely fantastic. That's exactly what, what we want. Um, yeah, 
it, it, I can't see them keeping, obviously, all three centre-forwards, Vardy, Inacho, and uh, Daka. Obviously, Tete's gone. One of them surely will go. Maybe it could be Daka. Again, you know, from the continent, someone comes in with a bid, and you just look at it and go, do you know what? We've had him for a few years. It's not quite worked out. Off you go. We'll take the money. Go. Um, if they don't bring in a goalkeeper, do you go with Daniel Everson? If so, then surely Ward would move on. Um, very, very difficult. But again, I think there's just going to be so many players who go. And then we go on to the probably the important person, and that's the manager. Now, as we speak, um, there's been a few who have been linked with um, with Leicester so far, um, and quite heavily linked. At the moment, um, probably I'd say the favourite for the job is probably Steven Gerrard, who's been interviewed at Leeds and is apparently on, on the shortlist at Leicester, very highly thought of, apparently at board level. That's in the last couple of hours. Um, they've also looked at Scott Parker, which I think was probably has been on gone now and also Enzo um, Maresca the, the Pep Guardiola's number two at Manchester City surely anything to do with that um, is regard you know obviously has to wait until the Champions League final um, if that happens then there you go um, I always thought Gerard, you know if they go down that level okay you, you kind of go okay and you get behind it and you see what's what um, who knows again who knows I will always go, and, and Potter's obviously the number one choice, but I don't think he'll drop down. Um, as we speak and as we sit here right now, Rob, people again, they ask me and everyone's got an opinion. Who's your choice for Leicester? Well, as we sit right now, I still think the number one choice for me is Ralph Hasenhutl. You've got a manager of a who's done it in the Premier League. I know I, I like the style of football, very high press, all action and has got undone through that on a few occasions in the Premier League, as we know, 9-0. Um, did very well at Southampton until they sold too many players and also was let go and it hasn't worked out at Southampton. So arguably you could upgrade the job he did. Um, very highly thought of, was very close to moving from Southampton as far as I'm aware um, to a number of clubs. Spurs were all over him at one stage um, before they went down a completely other route. Um, had time off, I think would be a brilliant signing. Would bring an air of, right, this is a guy who will not be overawed by the size of the club and the training ground and all that. I think would relish it and would look at, and I think it would be a perfect job for him. It would be a manager that the players already there would go, right, okay, I can get behind this. This is not a nobody who we don't know or someone from a, a lower league club stepping up. This is someone that they probably might know personally who's been there and done it um, and done, I think, did very well. But I think has the personality to deal with the problems on the training ground as well. And I think would recognise that, not just come in and go, all right, let's just go with the... So what do we do here? Oh, we do this, do we? Oh, 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 oh is that room for that? I I don't think that's what he would do. I think he'd come in and go, right, I, I want this. I want that. I'm going to be doing this. This room is used for this. Right, no, we're going to use it for this. I think he'll have his own ideas about stuff. And that's what needs. It needs a big shake-up at the training ground. I'm, I'm worried if they bring in someone who hasn't got that about them, they'll just look at the setup at Seagrave and go, oh, right, this is all very nice, isn't it? Sit back in the chair, lovely old job, brilliant. Um, 
no, I think it needs a complete overhaul, a complete change. Uh, Smith is a complete no-go for me. Absolutely no. Um, but that's the route I would go down. And I think he fits. He kind of he fits the bill. He really does. And also, he's a guy who, if we do get promotion, could then carry on at Leicester um, for the immediate future. That's who I would go for. Um because of those reasons, not just the on-field stuff, which is obviously all important, but it's the personality and the way that they play, and it's dealing with the club off the field. I think he's he he would form a very attractive club for players to join. Yeah, and this is going to be a period of significant change for Leicester. A lot of the existing staff and players are going to have to adapt to the Championship first and foremost. Uh, things are going to have to change with the, with the way everything in the club is is run day to day, on match days, that kind of thing. So you need somebody to come in that is a manager. So I think first of all that that discounts uh, for me player uh, not players sorry coaches that have not had a job as a manager yet. Uh, you know Pep's Pep's number two is not good for me. He, he's obviously training under the under the best one of the best managers that's ever been, but he's not gonna come in and know how how to be the number one straight away. You need somebody with with plenty of oomph, somebody who I, th- I think Hassan Hut was a good shout. You, you're looking at that kind of image of of manager, I think. Um, you you said to me a couple of weeks ago that that your one of your top choices would be Steven Gerrard. Um, I can understand why, but from for from everything that I've heard, uh, a large portion of what he achieved with Rangers was down to Michael Beale, and it reminded me a little bit of the fact that yes, we absolutely have Claudio Ranieri in legend status at Leicester. But the fact that the, the similar kind of noise came out of the club that um, for large proportions of the season, Craig Shakespeare was doing the daily grind uh, and it was his sort of rapport with the players and his coaching day to day on the training ground that there was a, a, a key factor in that. Um, the interesting thing with the thing that Hassan Hootel, that puts people off with Hassan Hootel, and I've had to sort of turn my head around this as well, is the fact that he left Southampton in a in a negative way and it's very rare actually if you think about it you take a step back it's very rare that managers leave clubs in a positive way so you kind of have to get over that uh Gerard kind of fizzled out a lot at Aston Villa um I don't think he's quite experienced enough for the job here at Leicester it's not just having a championship team with the pressure of being the early favorites to get automatic promotion is everything that comes with it. It's the redirection of the entire club. It's the resetting of the entire mentality of the club. And it's dealing, as you said, with, with things like Seagrave uh, and 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 all the, the sort of expectations of a, of a supporter network that has enjoyed unprecedented success over the last eight, ten years. So it needs to be a strong character like that. Graham Potter's got his got his own unique style of football. Uh, I think people feel more sympathy for him than they do someone like Hassan Hutu because he didn't get a lot of time in the job uh, at a simply farcical club at the moment that that we call Chelsea. So 
it'd be interesting to see if he if he thinks that there's a job there or if, if he can get a Premier League job or he's not obviously he's he's built most of his career in Europe so he won't be afraid to go to go elsewhere either. Is it's difficult, isn't it, with all the names that are listed on there? Is Scott Park Scott Parker obviously got um got Bournemouth out of the uh, out of the um out of the championship but then threw his toys out the pram fairly early doors in the Premier League in terms of the the funding and, and basically did Something similar to what Brendan Rodgers did post Forest game, didn't he? In terms of basically making the players feel like they weren't good enough, and then someone like Gary O'Neill came in and, and and readjusted that mentality. It needs someone, someone with with a lot of clout. It doesn't have to be massive, massive name, but for me, it needs to be somebody with five to ten years managerial experience minimum uh, and clear ideas on the way that they want everything about a club to be done you do, I don't just want a coach that can sort things out on the pitch you're absolutely right Pete it's got to be it's got to be from the ground up and it's got to be everything in between yeah absolutely and it's we've mentioned Seagrave a couple of times there and we didn't quite mention it too much in the kind of what happened last season because you know we're not privy to what happens on 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 the training ground but by all accounts and again um whispers from from around the football club and from people associated with the football club um essentially they um the people from the football club have said or people again associated with the football club um basically said that yeah there is the what we all suspect and that's the atmosphere at Seagrave is one of a holiday camp and they've had it too good and when they built Seagrave, we're all singing and dancing about it. it. Costs an awful lot of money. What an amazing place. It's great if it's going well, but when it doesn't go very well, very quickly, as that's happened, you need to you can point your finger at it and go, well, hang on. It's the same sort of same set of play. Like what happened? Is this part of the collapse of the football club? Well, I think it's very difficult to say no. I think when you look at this training ground and complex and that. And you look at the same players and the lack of effort put in. Well, if you're turning up to this wonderful place, picking up mega money, first of all, no wonder some of the players didn't want to move on. You know, you're going there every day and training, thinking and picking up a massive wage going, this is great. And again, I can run my contract down here. You know, if you're at another training ground, that's not so good. You may want to move on. But... It, it breeds that kind of... And, and also a manager where, again, when things are going right, everything's great. Playing good football, pally-pally with the players. All of a sudden, things aren't going too well and a few home truths need to be um, rung around the, the training ground. But it doesn't quite happen. Again, you drive in, you might have had the idea. You might have got out of bed, Brendan, and gone, right, I'm going to give um, all these players a right mouth away. I'm going to, you know... Da, 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 da. I've got it all prepared, gets in his car, right, da, 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 da. put some aggressive music on as he drives to see Grave. As soon as he drives in and he sees the... Gra- oh, it's nice here, isn't it? Oh, it's lovely old job walking. Oh, lovely, fantastic, you know. Actually, yeah, I, we'll be all right next... We'll be all right on Saturday. We'll play the same way, same formation. We'll get the... Yeah, we'll be fine. That's what I reckon is going to happen. But ultimately, um, it didn't happen. And that can happen for the players as well. You know, they come into the training ground. All oh, right, we're going to... Oh, it's all very nice. Let's have a game of uh, in, uh, on the inflatables in the swimming pool. It's it, it's it's very, very easy. And it's possibly, 
very, very naive for people like us to think that. But I think it's true. And that will need addressing. And again, I think it will need, as you said, a big character, a big name to actually come in and, and sort that out and put the training ground to use. Off the field stuff regarding injuries, again, I think when you start mentioning that, there needs to be a complete head-to-toe look at the entire football club, um, starting with the owner, and they need to do it. Are some people at the football club, have they been there too long? They've had an amazing time there. They've been there for, for decades, some of them. It might be time for them to move on. Have they lost that oomph? Maybe this is the jolt that they need, the ultimate jolt of relegation. Maybe that's the case. But there's some people sitting there very pretty and Rudkin gets it in the neck from all Leicester fans. But ultimately, he's the director of football at a football club who have gone from dizzying heights to getting relegated in a very, very quick time. Who's to blame? Well, the director of football's pretty pretty far to the middle of the dartboard, to the bullseye. Um his time at the football club for me needs to be ended very quickly. We might need him just to function as a football club for the next three or four months. And then once the season starts, out the door and bring someone else in. Um, what's happening with the, again, the the injuries? Too many. Now, I know the ACLs happen during games and, and, and that's, and that Wolves tackle, my God, alive. What, a, what awful that was. But there needs to be something changed around at the again people were let go from the football club and who made some strange noises when they left as in like the, the people brought in who maybe not quite qualified for a football club doctor slash physio etc behind the scenes uh long-standing members of staff who i know i said maybe could be moved on from other roles but when it comes to that side of things would maybe let go too quickly um you know you're playing you You've got a world-class training ground, the best possibly in Europe, and you've got the best pitch in the Premier League, an award-winning pitch, and yet it still goes wrong on that side of things. What's happened there? Um, a lot of questions need to be answered at Seagrave, and if it's too cushy, stop the players from having those benefits of Seagrave until form gets turned around. I know, I haven't heard of that, you're not allowed to play golf. You're not allowed to use this. You're not allowed to use that. I know that might sound, seem a bit schoolish, but sometimes that works. Right on my street, that, me being a teacher, don't get your maths done, not going out for playtime. Don't work hard enough on yeah. the training pitch. Don't get to use the leisure facilities. Yeah? And that's that is exa- that comes from the manager. 100% does, so that it has to be the right character there. I think one, one other thing that I'd maybe like to just touch upon briefly, because I know we, we try to keep this fairly tight and we're on 40-ish minutes already because we do like to, to ramble. Um, I think that the, the thing that is confusing people a little bit at the moment, or and, and it's it's nothing new, but it's the, the lack of noise coming from the club. Everything's gone very quiet. Understandably so, because the, the, I would hate to be working in the media department at a football club that's just got relegated and having to carefully type every single word of the press release or 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 website um, piece that is um, detailing who won player of the season. Straight after a relegation, that's a hard thing to do uh, and get the tone of that right. And uh, obviously top rights in every programme notes in every programme, so there is the regular communication on on that front. Uh, I think a lot of questions are, 
why do we not know anything that's going on? But why should we is is one shoulder of the argument. But the other shoulder is there are fans becoming quite disillusioned with with what they perceive to be things going wrong behind the scenes or mis, mismanagement, poor decision-making. Ultimately, the vast majority of us that are expressing these opinions have got very little idea of what happens with the running of a football club. But you could, I think, consider a slightly different media strategy of just occasionally allowing a little glimpse into what's going on there just to appease them. Even if, uh, maybe they don't feel like they need to do this and ultimately they don't because they're in charge of a football club and I'm sitting in my loft talking down a microphone to, to you about um uh, in our podcast. But maybe maybe they need to release a statement just to reassure people. You know, look all over social media. Everybody's question is, why haven't we got a manager yet? Why haven't we got a manager yet? If Top just released a couple of paragraphs saying, uh, rest assured that we are undergoing a very diligent um, recruitment process, blah, 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 um, to ensure we've got the right candidate to get Leicester back where they belong. Even a little thing like that would just would just simmer down the noise for even a few days. F- fine, if he doesn't feel like he needs to do that, that's his choice. He's a, he's a multimillionaire. He's running a football club. I'm not. But I I personally think that that would go a little way to to sort of appeasing a few fans who are still seething a lot of them and and still sort of reeling from the 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 I say shock of relegation it didn't just come out of the blue but the the sort of negative emotions of of a relegation and a and a mass exodus of first team footballers Leicester fans are looking at the moment at, for something to to look forward to aren't we Exactly, and that's kind of where where I'll finish really by saying that's kind of why I mentioned about the Schmeichel um, idea. I want Leicester as a whole football club from the owner downwards to be massively, massively on the front foot from now until the start of the season and then obviously throughout the season. Yes, players are going to leave. Madison, Barnes, etc. They're all going to go. Ndidi, Castagna, Vass. Frat, they're all going. But I want the new manager to come in and go, we're going to win the league. Like, Not we're going to get promoted or we're going to try for a top six. No, no, no. We're going to win the league. If you come to the football club, you're here to win the league. What happened last year was a blip in the recent history of this football club. We all want, we want to be a top half Premier League club once again. And this is only a very short time we're going to be in the championship because we're going to win the league. And that's the sort of signing that I want. I want someone to be uber positive, not stupid, not Ian Holloway. I want someone to be thoughtfully very positive, to bring a complete fresh look and feel to the football club. And I want the owner and the director of football to make that statement as well. I'd love it from Rudkin. I know the owner was at the Epson Derby. He had a run in the Derby. He wasn't allowed to be there, say some fans. Load of rubbish. He had a run in the Derby called the Foxes. And the guy next to him wasn't John Rookin, by the way, in the photo that went round. Um, so, overall, that's what I want. And when they come in, I want the director of football, John Rookin, to stand there and actually say something out loud and say, right, the players we're going to sign are going to be X, Y, and Z. They're going to, as in young player, we're going to get so and so sort of player on loan. And we're gonna. We want players to be here to win the league. I want the 
director of football to be very, very positive and make a statement. I want top to do the same. Again, we, we're only going to be here for a short time, etc. I'm going to do everything that I can do, which he kind of has. And I want the new manager to do that. And guess what? Once pre-season starts... I want the senior players at the football club, whoever they're going to be, to be saying exactly the same thing. We're here to be league champions and we're going to be back in the Premier League. That's what I want. I want it to be a very positive, fresh, new outcome at Leicester. And I want players who turn up at Leicester not to walk in there and go, oh my God, look at this place. It's lovely, isn't it? No, no. I'm here to do business. I'm here to prove myself or I'm here to get a league winner's medal. If we sign players like Tom Kearney from Fulham who have done it in the championship, he's like, right, this is my chance to get a, a league winner's medal again. That's what I want. So I know it's all talk and then action happens afterwards on the training ground, etc. But for now, that's all we've got, isn't it? So that's what I want. And I want the manager situation to be done as soon as possible. Um, hmm. Whether that's a bit too optimistic, Rob, or not, I don't know. But uh, that's... That's what I want. Well, we'll obviously keep an eye on it. And our next podcast will be whenever there is next news worthy of talking about from Leicester. And as we've just finished with the, the radio silence, maybe meaning that that might be a little while or it might just be around the corner. Um, but we will we will wait and see and we will give our reaction to any news uh, as soon as we possibly can, given that hopefully, because we've both been on holiday fairly recently, we won't have uh, such a schedule clash uh, in the next few days or weeks whenever we're hoping this news appears. Yeah, I can't see it being too long with the manager, etc. So I'd imagine we'll be back in the next uh, fortnight or so. Uh, with, again, I think it's going to be a very, very, very busy summer. So we'll be around all summer. So make sure you keep on checking. Subscribe if you listen to us on, say, Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or however you listen to us. Make sure you click on subscribe so it arrives in your device of choice. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook. Just type in for Fox 8 Podcast at for Fox sake uh, or Fox sake podcast at gmail.com is the email and then at FFS pod uh, for Fox sake podcast obviously on Twitter is best place to follow us that's it for the worst season that we've been doing the podcast but we've left on an optimistic hopefully note and next time we talk lots of players probably would have gone but hopefully we've got a new manager and a fresh outlook for what hopefully could be another trophy because again if we win the league next year we look back over the last decade and it's not been too bad has it mm-hmm.